This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Jimmy of House Nuts. And did we just wrap up a mid-season climax or what? Whoa, my friend. Yeah, wow. Talk about a absolutely just massive, massive episode. There were some changes to fire and blood a little bit um we'll get to that the preview for next week is going to be absolutely insane (laughs) there was a little bit of action but a lot of drama in this episode very heavy this is another one of those 9.9s on imdb man it is crazy how much how well people are receiving this show yeah the dialogue uh, continued from last week. I even said after last week, you know, I was I was very very high on the episode, and this week I said I really am excited to build on that, and I hope that even with all the crazy stuff that's going to happen, because the prologue's kind of come to a conclusion now, like the prologue's yes. over. I think you know we have our one big time jump. I think we're going to settle down a little bit, and we're going to see a lot more episodes like this in last week. So the fact that they've proven that they can execute these is a really good sign, and. Uh, I mean, this was the episode of Kristen Cole, was it not? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's also interesting um, episodes. So when they gave out the early screeners for like the people who have like, you know, millions of subscribers on YouTube, maybe we'll get them one day. Hey, shout We're out to coming. Gray Area. She's got it. Yes. She got them. She's Super now in the she gets the early. So shout congrats to her. But um, so uh, beyond the trailer is a YouTube channel I watch. And she, you know, they get the episodes like months in advance. And sometimes like the VFX isn't even done. Right. Mm -hmm. And they what they did was they gave them up to episode six. So that's what they give. Like they said, this is what you guys should watch in order to give your sort of review. And now that we've seen up through episode five and we've seen the preview for next week, knowing that it's the time jump. Man, I really feel like five and six are going to be like the episodes. The the episodes to where whatever's whatever's coming because we still have 10 you know like episode eight and nine remember nine was always like the episode of game of thrones that Mm -hmm. was like that's where ned stark dies right 
Yeah. Woo. I feel like, man, some big, big, big stuff is, is coming. And now to sort of see that and to see like, that was the decision that HBO felt, Hey, this is what we want to give it. Now. I feel like I'm really seeing that where it's like, yeah, five and six are the ones where it's like, that's what you, by the time you finish six, like you're like hooked, hooked. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you know, with this episode, one of the cool things about this was like last week, you know, Damon was obviously amazing in that episode and Rhaenyra is always great and she's been a mainstay and kind of the centerpiece of the show. But I feel like we got to see a lot more from Kristen and some of the other actors, like even Jason Lannister's little shithead moment was fantastic, I thought. Right. Um Just, you know, he takes a dig as soon as he walks up. There was no better man for me than Lanor. And then he gets back, yeah. you know, you know, this is why, you know, women would be late to the battle. Or whatever he said. I, you know, it's I feel like, like they're doing such a good job just initially of being like, all right, you can hate on the Lannisters in this show. Yeah. And they're also showing that there is some like doubts about a woman being queen. Like these are subtle right. digs. And really, you know, Sarah should be saying something at that point. You know, bite your tongue, go sit down, kind of deal. But he doesn't. And uh Viserys unfortunately looks weaker than ever and uh is very very sick and collapses at the end of the episode do we see viserys alive again do you think in the show well we see him next episode i didn't watch the, the i didn't watch oh yeah. yeah oh you didn't watch the trailer for next week no i don't i don't watch uh, the trailers usually <coughs> excuse but, me but um they showed oh, him yeah, he's okay. in he's in, he's in next week yeah yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. um yeah so i'm trying to even think of the timeline so in today's episode, there were two things that are told to us in Fire and Blood and World of Ice and Fire and all the other, you know, all the other histories and everything that man, they changed a little bit and they expanded upon. One, I almost made a YouTube short and TikTok for, but I didn't want to because I was like, it's gonna be spoileries. I didn't know how they were gonna do it. So in Fire and Blood, all it says is that Rhea Royce, right? The the bronze bitch, as Damon calls it, is hurt in an accident hawking. And then it says that Damon goes to her and is like distraught over the event. And I believe I sent it to you, Jimmy, in our like little Facebook group chat a few days ago. And I was like, oh, he's totally going to kill her. Now, yeah. what I thought was going to happen was I actually thought she was just going to be injured. And then like she's in a bed. He gets there. And I thought he was going to like slit her throat. Yeah, I, I think I didn't know that he was going to go that way about it. Yeah, I was kind of surprised they didn't show it just because I thought, well, here's an opportunity for them to show some well, I just, shit. I didn't even think he was going to be the one involved. I thought she was like going, I thought they were going to play it as she gets injured and then he goes to her and like, you know, puts a pillow on her face or something. I yeah. didn't know he was going to be the one to be like, no, I'm going to cause her to fall off her horse. Yeah, so in the book, in the book, she falls off the horse, is in bed, and then she's treated and she's up for like an hour and then just dies. Right. Um, and I th I think Damon goes to her after the death is pronounced, I think. Huh. Okay. So this is a pretty big. Ch I mean, like he literally right. is Mr. Mystery guy in a hood on the road and then bashes her skull. In. It's like, damn, Damon. And, you know, you know, I know this isn't the Damon episode per se, but man, even the little bit of screen time that Matt Smith gets, he capitalizes <sighs> on it and really just oh, good. like him just coming in late was so awkward. Like I felt awkward in the moment and that's exactly what they wanted to convey. And they got to pull up a chair for him. Like it was almost humorous. Um, and then when he's yeah. talking to Rainier in the middle of the crowd and grabs her face and Jahari, uh, I said Jahari's wish it was Jerry's Viserys is like staring and he's like half, he's half shit cocked because he's so sick. And it's just yeah. like, I don't know, man, Damon's awesome. And every time I talk in Valyrian, I'm just like, this is the best. 
good. <laughs> the writing, the di- like the writing for the dialogue of this is is it's just back to it's Game of Thrones. I mean, it's there's there's not many other shows that I even feel like come close to the writing of 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 these shows. The di- it's just so good. Like mm-hmm. the tension, you feel the tension it, all around. And like this, they're still doing. I said this during the during when I was I was doing the live. I I liked what I saw with Otto Hightower there at the beginning where he's talking to Allison. And even though, you know, like we like we know because you can just view the show and everything. I feel like if you're maybe a first time watcher, there's still a little bit of maybe Otto, at least the way it's sort of perceived, comes across as sort of like. He is actually he he does have a legitimate point in his idea of like if the realm doesn't like this, it could cause a war. Yeah, and, and seeing, that could be really bad. Yeah, and seeing Otto's motivations laid out flat for us for the first time, you know, now in, right. in episode five, and like he has somewhat of a point. I don't know if I agree with all of his methods, uh, you know, of sending his daughter in with his dead wife's dress on and everything, but uh, I. I I, he foresees an issue and he's saying, why rock the boat? Right. Um, feels better than prime game of Thrones in terms of core acting quality of the dialogue and subtext. Wow. I mean, that's high praise for sure. I mean, I would say it's on par um, for sure. And yeah. yeah, I thought the conversations were really good. Rhaenyra is such a good character. Uh, I really loved and also hated her conversation with Kristen Cole on the boat. I thought, oh, by the way, was your audio a little bit weird for that conversation? Like, I felt like the mm-hmm, audio maybe I don't know. Sometimes uh, on the debut, when I watch it back, it's always fine. But when I first watch it, sometimes it messes up. I felt like the ocean sounds were like not mixed properly. Oh, I thought that was a little weird. But I uh, watch the, it. I watch it on my computer with headphones. So you know, sometimes going through TVs and who knows. That's fair. Um, I thought that conversation was so ice cold, though. Like when she says, yeah. "I am the crown." Yeah, and uh, that, that that was that was heartbreaking. And it's amazing that in five episodes, the range that we've gotten from all the characters. And I feel very sympathetic towards Allison. And my wife is sitting next to me on the couch and she's like, I think she's kind of being a jerk. Like she kind of sucks. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but she, you know, Rhaenyra lied. She's like, I don't know. I don't like her. Right. <laughs> yeah. If if Rhaenyra, if the actress Millie Alcock weren't so just amazing at this, I feel like you might still be on see like each side's viewpoint, right? Like Game of Thrones. Here's like the big difference between the two is Game of Thrones. It's very obvious from the get go that the Starks are good and the Lannisters are bad, right? Yeah. Like when they push, they push Bran out the window episode one. So you're like, they're bad. Then you get Tyrion and it's kind of like, okay, well maybe the Lannisters aren't all bad. And then as you get further, you begin to kind of see everybody's sides. And it's like here, I feel like there's still kind of moments where I feel like you could see like, okay, well maybe like the high towers aren't all bad. Right. <laughs> yes. You know, like there's definitely moments. And then like Damon is at least like a wild card. So you're, so you see him do sort of, you know, he goes and kills his wife, but we're still rooting for him because Matt Smith's just so amazing. As an actor <laughs> that it's just like, you're just so enamored by his performance that we still are, you know, rooting for him, right? And so it's it's just so wild that it, that that's that that's the case. Um, I felt like this episode, Allison, was this is where she kind of begins. Now the auto leaves and she's operating on her own. 
this is where she begins to sort of play the Game of Thrones. She's now beginning to play that. Another big change was, I mean, it still happens the same way, but in Fire and Blood, or at least on the wiki, which in the world of Ice and Fire, it's said that Joffrey Lawnmouth is killed in the tourney by Kristen Cole. So they definitely at least changed that uh, for this episode. Man, Kristen Cole, he's now we like, we we get a lot more of him because in the in the histories and everything he's just kind of there and you know he don't want to spoil too much but we already kind of saw that he's already shifted sh- sides now from Rhaenyra to Alicent yes. and that will be the case. But man, he's like kind of crazy, dude. <laughs> I felt my heart dropping with anticipation whenever he was confessing to the queen. Like I knew it was coming and I was like, oh God, this is going to suck. This is going to suck. And, you know, it just made my heart drop a bit. But Sir Kristen Cole is like in a lot of ways, like the saddest case in all of this, just for the sole fact that like he's someone that got lifted up to this status and thought it was going to be amazing. It's like when you get a promotion at work and you're like, this new spot's going to be sick. And like day one, they're like, so here's six months of backlog that the other guy didn't do. And you're like, yeah, shit. And it feels like Sir Kristen Cole is so pure. <laughs> he just wants to run away with Rhaenyra. You know, he's the knight in shining armor of, of the show. He's, that... he's he's Lancelot. And yes, and and he even and... looks. I mean, he even looks like like a Lancelot type. Like if you can, if you King legend Arthur, type guy. Yeah. yeah. If you did King Arthur, if you did a King Arthur movie, and you're like, he's gonna play Lancelot, you'd be like, 100. percent Looks just like you know. I feel like it's it's sad because this episode you see him basically descent in he he like sinks to the level right and then kills this guy with his bare hands. So not only have we seen his honor be lost, we see his heart be broken, and then we see her, him, I mean, murder someone in cold blood essentially. Yeah, um, and that's totally different. Now in Fire and Blood, and you know in the histories, if you do it at a tournament, then it's one thing. Yeah. Okay. You know, that sucks, whatever. But to have it happen at the wedding in front of everyone, now, like, everyone has to look at this guy as kind of crazy, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And how will that be kind of perceived whenever sides are drawn? And also, I I really like the subtlety. You know, obviously, the Lannisters are not cool with Rhaenyra uh, because they didn't get her hand. We have Old Town come up, say, hey, Allison, we're with you. We see the the Strongs having some unspoken coordination. Like, hey, go get her. It's a little interesting, and uh, we know the Vale is not a fan of the Targaryens right now because of Daemon. Um, so it's just, I don't know. It'll be cool to see how all those things shake out in the future episodes, I think. Yeah, we got to see Driftmark, which was cool. Yeah, um, you know, dude. I will say, uh, have you ever watched Shit's Creek? Uh, like I've seen like one or two episodes, I think. Okay, well, the scene in which they are describing you know like they're how they sort of feel about what relationships they they see mm-hmm. is i mean it is ripped directly from like there's it, Shit's creek it's this comedy or whatever where um it's like a canadian comedy eugene levy and his son and uh, some other people in it as well but anyway there's a scene in there where they're uh he, his son is i believe pansexual and he's sort of explaining like how he uh views like relationships and he's like he's like well i like red wine and i like white wine and sometimes i'll drink you know a spark you know like fruity wine or whatever and i was like that is exactly where they like got that from and they're like you know i eat this i eat that and i was it was so i was like so anybody who's seen that it was i'm sure they 
they either picked up on the reference or sort of reminded them of of that as well. Yeah, I uh man, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out uh on screen what the I th- you know there's changes but I think most for most part it's just for convenience sake and none of it's really that egregious at all to me um Allison coming in in the green dress was absolute gas in fact Dude. I thought the Valerion's entrance was really great I love seeing their fleet and the difference between the Targaryen fleet that carried the king and then the Valerion's being even greater right like yeah. those ships were sweet also Driftmark was just really really cool but their entrance in that whole thing was pretty fantastic cinematography again knocked it out you know knocked out of the park they so interestingly they played the song at the end which they play um the song they played at the end of this episode as it was doing the cuts is a song called the prince that was promised which Mm -hmm. you know um robin jawaldi wrote and that was the first song they released so before episode one even aired they they said they released that song like here's your first bit of music and it's played at the end of episode one when he is explain when Viserys is explaining the the prophecy to Rhaenyra, and so in- I found it interesting that they that they they played that song again there, you know, like because they're very specific in how they score these shows. Yeah, and also uh, he's been mixing it into some of the other tracks, kind of like they always do with the main theme as well. Um, and I thought that that was uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, interesting that it plays here. I'm sure we'll hear it by the end of the. Uh end of the season as well yeah so i mean what do you, i mean what do you think so far of, of this episode do you, where do you where do you have it stacked against the others so i was a little surprised i thought that there might be a little bit more towards the end but overall i think it carries in really well from last episode that i really liked and i felt like it was a little less jarring from one to two to two to three to three to four four to five was way less jarring uh because of right you know, if there was a time jump, it was very insignificant, which is great. Um, and I think that seeing Sir Kristen Cole step up, like that actor step up and really solidify really? himself. Fabian Frankel, I believe is his name. Yeah. He did a great job. I was very impressed. And I also love the fact that there's people taking sides with Allison and Rhaenyra. Like it's naturally That's happening. The whole point. Yeah, it's naturally happening, though. It's not like in the promos yet, you know, where it's like black or green. Find out next week on Dragon Ball Z. Like we don't have that yet so the fact that it's organically happening i think is really really good writing and i love the last scene of the rat feasting on the blood on the floor right wow yeah so the scuffle i got a comment here from brett saying i'm confused about the scuffle so if you remember joffrey lawnmouth lanor valerian sort of paramour right boyfriend Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it he goes up to Kristen cole and says hey I'll tell you, here's my secret because I know yours. And I feel like, you know, if we, we can sort of work together, which was an incredibly stupid thing to do because, uh, Kristen Cole's not about that. <laughs> not and at all. So that's what obviously caused the fight. And then Kristen Cole kills him. So knowledge, you know, is power. But at the same time, as Cersei said, if you remember that scene in game of Thrones, power is, is power as well. <laughs> Well, also, I feel like I think, that's exactly what happened there. Yeah. And Kristen Cole clearly is on edge. Right. Um, I think that it's left a little bit ambiguous of what happens because uh, they've been kind of carrying on that theme in the show 
as well as what we see in fire and blood. So it's keeping the spirit of fire and blood being a little bit of a tale of, of two different interpretations. Uh, this is just a little bit more ambiguous. I think it was Sir Ryan Turbush in the chat said this show has been cutting away a lot from some of the death scenes, like with the bronze bitch. And it's like, yeah, we can say Damon killed her, but we don't know that for a fact. Right. Right. Like we didn't see it happen. I mean, yeah. Imply that it happened, but and it's I interesting. They're playing with that. I felt like last week too. I said it, I was in the because when I was I was on vacation, but I was in the in the chat. I do feel like just from viewpoint standards, yeah, there's still definitely blood and gore and sex, but it is way toned down from mm -hmm. Game of Thrones, like especially like season one of Game of Thrones. Like to watch yeah. the to watch them side by side is like super toned down. There's still definitely stuff happening, but like the the scene of Rhaenyra it was sort of like you, you know, you see it almost like through a veil sometimes like through some woodworking, mm -hmm. every, everything, uh, just an interesting choice. And it works on two levels. One, it makes it, even though it's still, you know, rated our show, it makes it less rated R. So it's, it's more viewable, I guess, a by a larger tasteful. audience. Yeah. It's definitely a little bit more tasteful. And, it like it it works so well from a writing standpoint because fire and blood is told through us through the like two totally different sides so it still leaves it a little ambiguous which is cool yeah i think and and that's like the spirit of the work coming through and that's probably ryan condell's like work right that's his influence on this um as well as like the little subtleties like just really tiny things last episode that paid off and for everyone that said i was crazy to be so obsessed with the moon tea i just want to say uh turned out to be a pretty big deal now i know i went a little far and i was saying well what if Otto told the maestress and then not viserys i know i went a little too far with that but the big important thing and, and one of my uh friends lauren said this she said you know rainier is damned if she does damn if she doesn't with the moon tea because either she doesn't drink it to seem innocent and then gets pregnant, maybe possibly not for sure. Right. Or she drinks it and then she looks guilty. And, right. and it turned out it didn't even matter if she drank it because all it took was a, just a strong to say, Hey, Oh, I'm glad the moon tea. Oh, the moon tea didn't get drank. Good. That's great. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Viserys a little bit because who yeah. man, he's, He's I feel like he's now taking a little bit. Oh, the other characters are just coming forward a bit more. Yes. And so I think like episode one and, you know, two, we were so viewed on him. But now as he's getting weaker and he's getting sicker. And then also maybe we can talk just a little bit about his his legacy as a king, because I think it is interesting. We 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 talked about it like before the show even started. Is he a good at the I mean, is he a good king even to where he's at right now? I guess because I almost say yes just com compared to some of the other kings. Well, you know, it's Targaryen funny in history. It's so funny you say that because whenever he was going through his conversation with Lionel, which was really awesome, by the way, I really enjoyed that scene. Um, I was just thinking like, I wonder what the, with the small people, uh, not a, just a flea bottom, but of Westeros think of him because they are living in times of peace. It's probably the first time they've been able to keep a farm and it not be raised and burned down and all well, the Harris. Well, yeah, and well, that's fair. So Jaharis is there and he has a good lengthy reign, but he's continuing that like to them. They have to be like, this guy is like the moderate Targaryen. Like he's what we right. need. Like we, he's not starting wars. The crown seems strong. But like if you're there, if you're in the court or you're on the small council, like you can see the weakness. 
So I just wonder like what the general people right. of Westeros thought of him. Um, but I think he is a good king that did not do a good job when it came to setting up the future, unfortunately. Right. But is he wrong for naming Rhaenyra? I don't think so. No, I don't think so, too. And I'm actually I, I like that he is more he is adamant in his this is how it's going to be. And then he yeah. gives that proposal to uh, to the Valerians, to mm -hmm. Corlys. Yeah. So the people who are there, the the, the, the for the, the funny thing is sort of like the people who are that who would be there, the realm that would be there during his reign would only know him and Jaharis because Jaharis lives for so long that, you know, these people wouldn't be alive long enough to have lived for Megor and mm -hmm. and Aegon, of course, and even uh, Aenys. But I feel like he's kind of in the middle. Of course, a lot of bad kings. There's a lot of bad Targaryen kings, but he's kind of like, I don't know. He's kind of like he's he's OK. He's good. Nothing like terrible happens under his reign. A lot of terrible things sort of certainly happen after his reign. And maybe you could say. He's kind of like the, I don't know, the James Buchanan of the United States, right? <laughs> it's like he's the one that sort of leads us into the Civil War or causes it, I guess, right? So, <laughs> Well, here's a question. Do you think Damon sabotaged his reign in some ways? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely actually sat like actively sort of sabotages it. Yeah, even though he is trying to make the crown stronger and he wants the family to be strong, like that is Damon's goal. Um, it just so happens I, to turn out that the way that it, he's though? oh, definitely, or, or is definitely. it, or is it Damon wants Damon to be strong? No, I think he wants, I know, because I don't think he even wants the throne, I think he just wants the family to be strong, and that's what he kind of talks about, like returning them to the dynasty, right? And him marrying Rhaenyra makes that stronger, and he doesn't even even though he likes the Valerians, like there's a, there's a wall between the Targaryen and the Valerians, because even whenever uh, Corliss is kind of shitting on Viserys, he's like, whoa, 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 that's my brother. Relax. Like we're Targaryens. We're one step above you. So I do believe that Damon is all about the Targaryen family. I think he goes about it possibly, you know, the wrong way. Um, so his tough. plan was to have, Lenor Valerian and Rhaenyra marry. Mm -hmm. So, and in theory, when he dies, Rhaenyra would be queen. And then, but, and then their children would take the Targaryen, his, those children would be like Targaryen or no, those are Valerians. Would be, they would be Valerians. But then after that, they would all be Targaryens. Mm hmm. Once they ascend the throne, if they were to ascend the throne, they would be, they would be. A oh, okay. Targaryen. So, we, okay. It would so be they like would a, never rule like Augustus. right they would never rule under the name valerion it would always be targaryen no matter what gotcha um which it was just the way he kind of phrased it i was like hold on a second wait you know rainey's and uh corliss's conversation was also really well done i think those two have incredible chemistry on uh, on screen steve toussaint if that's how you say his name is doing just He's such a fantastic it. job i really like that he like took a second to be like did I overstep my boundaries? And Rainis is like, yeah. you're fine. <laughs> He's a pushover. Well, we did get a super chat here uh, from Matt saying one of the worst Thrones episodes felt like a soap opera, irrelevant relationships that weren't built, random fight out of nowhere, kings just dying in the background. 
Interesting. I would right. say that's probably not going to uh, be the popular opinion, but uh, say truth. I appreciate appreciate the super chat. Super so, chat, and yeah, you know, hey, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Um, absolutely. Hey, if it has a nine point nine on IMDb, well, somebody's somebody's out there not liking it enough to give it the ten. So that's right. That's right. No, and I I am always willing to to share, you know, people who didn't like it because I want to know why. Right. Yeah, I'd like the irrelevant relationships piece probably um, expanded on if if that's going to be a fair critique. But you know, like I said, you know, there are people there are people who think this show is terrible. So um, King just dying in the background. He does just kind of fall down. I, I think he's yeah, but this is you know what I mean. Like this has been built over the season, right. so I mean I don't know about him just dying in the background. And plus, isn't that kind of like Viserys's entire arc is that he is slowly yeah. fading into the background, into weakness, into death as like everything's going into chaos around him. Like, and that's why like some people perceive him to be a weak king and and not right. not a good king. You know, it's kind of interesting because to just to view him and i think i think the the really the the person to kind of best compare viserys to now at least is robert baratheon because just because we have game of thrones and now we have house of the dragon and you know it's kind of interesting too because robert baratheon almost you feel like the same thing where he feels like you know i've gotten you know he jokes about like i've gotten fat and you know gods i was strong then thinking about how you know when he was at war that's when he really felt like he was at at his best right yeah. even though he still tried to prevent a war he legit tried to prevent a war yeah and also if you think about it it's like they're kind of the polar opposites but have the same feelings you know like robert robert really succeeded whenever it was all about war and bashing people's skulls in and viserys on his you know not his deathbed per se but getting there talking to lionel strong and says i wonder how i would have done in a time of war like maybe if I'd right. been held in the crucible, I would have been forged differently. And uh, it's just always wondering what the other side kind of looks like. So even though in mentality, I think they're two very different Kings. They're kind of both leaving very rocky successions uh, for different reasons, but also wondering what it would have been like had it went differently. Well, we'll, we'll come back to that because uh, we have a follow up here. Uh, it says Cole's acting on the boat was horrid though. Uh, the classic Thrones changed actors for a second, but I loved everything so far and have uh, fought the stubborn fans to return home. Just disappointed. Okay. Hey, yeah. This episode was, a, I mean, to be fair, I, you know, this episode for at least action wise was a little bit, you know, slower. It's a, it's a build, it's a building, a building episode. Yeah. I would just remind people that season one of game of Thrones had almost no action. In fact, the one battle that is included in a game of Thrones book is actually completely cut from the first season of game of Thrones. Um, yes. and that season is fantastic. So me personally, I never, you know, obviously I like the dragons. I like the wars and everything, but I've always been here for the dialogue and these last two episodes have really delivered, um, for me. And I actually thought Kristen Cole's actor did a, a really nice job, but you know, yeah, so he's, what yeah i i can i can see to be fair though i will say i can see how it does feel like a big shift i guess but that's just because he's really been kind of in the background you know the first time we see him it's just kind of an act, action sequence like we're getting more and it definitely felt like you know he hooks up with rhaenyra in the last episode and this time we get like the fallout of that mm -hmm. and um what i will say i did find it funny where he feels like oh i i took this oath of chastity and then you know, like to look at, like, say, Jamie Lannister. Hey, all it says is that we can father no children. 
which Jamie <laughs> does, unfortunately. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, it says, hey, all it says is we can't father any children. It doesn't say anything about we can't hook up. Yeah, I and uh, it's also just interesting, at least from the book perspective, that Jamie uh, constantly talks about Kristen Cole, especially in Feast. Um, so it's it's pretty amazing that we're seeing like Kristen Cole come to live on screen. I think. Um, yeah, that's your rebuttals. The season one has bore me. Hey, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for all of the super chats. By the way, yeah, it's very. Um, it's uh, let's see. At the end of the day, you know what I mean. Like sometimes yeah. what resonates with one person might not resonate. Uh, with others, you know, I saw people yeah. say last last episode was very boring. I thought it was the best episode by a mile because of so much symbolism that was brought forward. Um, yeah. And this and this this comment too here um, from Connor saying, I took this oath of chastity, but like want to run away and see the world with me. Yeah, I mean, this is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Blech. And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. It's like, what is going on in Kristen Cole's, you know, <laughs> mind? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's just remember when we were young gentlemen or young ladies and we were lovesick over someone and, and the stupid things that we did and said, um, I feel like, I feel like Kristen Cole was just too innocent to be in King's landing. It was, it was too good, man. He, Rhaenyra, he's, 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 he's drunk. He's, <laughs> he's, he's in love. He's like, she, so. yeah, yeah, man. Rhaenyra did a number on him when anointing him to the King's guard, huh? Like that, yeah. was, uh, that was something um, we do need to talk about. And I, I'm going to talk about this probably until it's disproven full heartedly. But it is weird that Otto Hightower is like the king will not live to be an old man as a fact. Now, you could say, well, he's seeing his deteriorating state, Jimmy. But to me, I say those gray rats were feeding on the blood at the end of the episode. And those little gray rats aren't doing any different type of treatment. I mean, they just don't seem right. like they're doing their job. And there's like a hesitation. When Viserys goes to take the medicine to go to sleep that I thought, like, is he also having doubts now? Like, what are these people giving me? Or does he or did he or was he just sort of saying, like, the king at some point will die? Well, no, he I mean, he does. He said, like, it might not be it might be days or weeks or years, he said, but he will not live to be an old man. I mean, I'm being to be honest, like I'm being tinfoily, but like, I'm just I'm all in on He's already kind of an older man. Yeah. I'm like, come on. He's got gray, you know, uh, but I feel like, uh, you know, I can't trust the maesters. I'm going to, I'm going to keep riding this train until it derails, but <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see here. Some other comments. So, uh, something else we did see, we did see Damon and, uh, Lena Valerian and the, the beginning of that relationship. Yeah. Very quick. Uh, very, it, it, another thing is like Damon dances with her, talks to Rhaenyra and then just in that brawl, he disappears and I want to know where he went. Yeah. Yeah, good point. So, and it's just weird because, like, I thought, like, you know, if you're watching this without any kind of context about the other stuff, right? You would think, oh man, maybe he's going to try to kidnap Rhaenyra here, and then the Strongs immediately being like, hey, you know, hard one, go, go now. Little weird. And then we have the Strong talking to Alicent, scheming. I mean, the Strongs are such a good, a good family in the story. Yeah, but 
Yeah, they are. Um, sorry, we're getting just got a handful of a uh, handful of uh, super chats there. Joffrey uh, Valerian was the or Joffrey not Joffrey Lawnmouth was the one who was killed, um, which is Lane uh, Valerian's sort of like partner, boyfriend, paramour, whatever you want to say. Then I got one another one here from Thomas. Honestly, I'm enjoying House of the Dragon more than Game of Thrones. Also loving the Valerian language. I it's kind of hard to compare the the two seasons just because you know we're 10 years removed from yeah, game of thrones yeah. season one so you know technology and all the other stuff they built but um i've said before i think i think that this show generally has a chance to be better just because one it's like finished and two i think it's it's a little more straightforward than game of thrones whereas like game of thrones you have a lot of different houses vying for power this is really just kind of like two sides yeah and and, and... I know we're going to compare them because they're in the same universe, but they're such different shows. And like to take the first five episodes and basically build a historical prologue is a uh, pretty absurd move in modern day television, and especially coming off of a series that was very close knit to multiple POVs that kind of went through very close knit every little step of the way. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I know that I'm glad that other people are enjoying it more than game of Thrones, but for me, like I have a trouble kind of comparing them, Right. Cross. What do you think? And I'll and I'll ask this to the chat too. How do you feel the? How do you now that we've seen, you know, half of the season one, uh, the pacing given the fact that there's so many time jumps. Um. So I'm. I guess the one thing that I feel like is that I'm really hoping that the time jumps kind of settle down now, like. I think that we're going to be way more in the moment going forward now, but the pacing of it was fine. Like, I think that they executed them rather well. There wasn't a lot of confusion with the timeline, like Witcher season one or anything. Um, so I thought, thought it was fine. Um, very curious to see what it looks like going forward, especially in season two. Like, are we going to do like little six month drops here and there? Or do you think that we'll just stay in? Yeah, I think we're kind of, I think we're mostly done with obviously the huge time jumps. I do think we will probably have a few more, but I feel like it is going to be more like, okay, we finished a season and then like the jump between like, say season two and season three is, is a decent, is a decent time jump. Yeah. And I feel like you could also begin to move, you know, you can also begin to sort of move events together um, that maybe, you know, in, fire and blood and everything it's like well this is actually happens like say 10 years apart i feel like they might just for tv sake begin to move some of those some of those together obviously there's a lot of uh, marriages still to come there's a lot of children yet to be born that need to age up and grow up and and something we like we still got like 20 to 30 years uh to cover in, <laughs> in, in fire and blood which is crazy to think about but i feel like we can begin to sort of move move some of those things uh together yeah, for sure. And there will be changes going forward without a doubt. I think that um, I saw some people being like, you know, if they keep time jump, they're going to run out of stuff. And I'm like, no, they won't. Because if you have 40 years, let's say you have a 40 year history, you can cover 10 years a season. So you can do this. And, you know, this is a historical retelling. This is why it's so much different than Game of Thrones. Like It is different because it's a different kind of story to tackle uh, from the source material. And Ryan Condell, for better or worse, is trying to stay very close to the source material. So I always think it's interesting when people don't like the time jumps, but then we'll also complain about infidelity towards the source material. 
because the fidelity to the source material dictates that we have to do time jumps or this show would be 50 seasons <laughs> and we, right. we're never going to get that. So it's just uh, it's it's kind of damned if you do damned if you don't, because there are people out there. If you change one thing from the source material, they think that that means it's a bad adaptation, which is uh, quite frankly, silly. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. And I, I think it's a pretty bold decision to do the time jumps is definitely this frequent but it's going to slow down it already has in the last two episodes obviously we have this big one here and i think it's going to be a little bit more in the moment uh again for people talking about there not being enough action i just really wonder when they started watching game of thrones you know i i just wonder because those for that first season is very mundane yeah. um here's another question so earlier this week they showed a lot uh on twitter of allison was supposed to, they filmed like a wedding scene for her. Mm -hmm. And then of course it, it didn't end up making it, but we did obviously get Rhaenyra's wedding. Now that I've seen Rhaenyra's wedding, right idea to keep it. We don't know what they chose to keep. Obviously we've seen the episode, but we don't know where they said, okay, we're going to choose this instead of showing Allison's wedding to Viserys. Um, and so we're going to keep mm -hmm. this scene instead. But I almost feel like now I kind of I, I do wish we'd seen it anyway, just for the, the sake of it. But I almost feel like I wish I'd seen it now just because like Rhaenyra's wedding has a lot of like turmoil that goes on during it. Yeah. And I feel like it could have been a really cool comparison to see her wedding and have it maybe go off perfectly. And then you get the line of all oh, childbirth isn't so bad. And you begin to sort of separate the two. I mean, we're doing it anyway. Yeah. Do you think do you think missed opportunity not doing it? Of course, we don't know what they said. We're going to keep this scene right instead. So it's hard to. So I think it's a pretty valid like concern. Like that could have been really cool. I would love to see that. Also, I heard that there was like a scene with Lena with Vagar possibly. A and dragon I was like, egg, that sounds yeah. interesting. But here's the thing. Um, one, I think most shows try to avoid doing two things in one season. That's why we didn't have two tourneys when when uh, Damon comes back last episode. It should have been during a tourney, but they cut it. Um, I understand that. So I think that's part of it. Perception. So people would, yeah, we don't, don't want get two confused. Weddings. But I also believe that they looked at the whole timeline. They didn't look at season one. They looked at all the seasons and we said, we have this many hours of television that we probably are going to get and that we want to tell what's important. And they probably said, let's cut and get through more of season one because me and you know, things are going to get oh, insane, yeah. insane. And for the people who, you know, do one action, I, I hear you. I, you know, I, I like a good dragon battle too. just wait, <laughs> just wait. Um, all of this stuff here, all this buildup is going to have payoff, major, 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 major payoff. Uh, and those moments will be a lot longer, a little more long winded uh, and given a good opportunity to shine. I mean, some of the stuff that's going to come down the pipe here is going to be insane. It's going to so. be, yeah, it's, it's going to be absolutely. I actually did a, um, I did a uh, short, a YouTube short and a TikTok on if we'll see faceless men or not in the. Yeah, I saw that in, in the future because uh, I, I, I don't know if we talked about this or not, but um, the actress who plays Melisandre said that she wants to she would love to come back for Fire, oh, Fire of Blood or for House of the Dragon. And I've talked about this before, as I said, I think it'd be really cool to have the faceless men in it and then bring in the same actor who played Jack and Hagar because they never, they never really fully explained it. We still kind of don't know a lot about it, but you could have him use the exact same face, right. Or like turn in, 
because yeah. we don't know how long they last or anything and they're going to be expanding on some of these things and so i think it'd be cool i think the faces men is a really powerful thing to put in though like it's like power level nine thousand. but the thing i like about it is that it's not dragons so it's a right. different high powered mechanism so Magic. if they could fit if they could fit it in and make it work i'd like to do it i don't want to see them do it just to do it but if they can make it work i'd be down i'd be super yeah. down well, I think just is just because it's it's like it, this whole thing is going to turn into a huge civil war where they're all assassinating each other and killing kids. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, just get ready, okay? Like, I mean, for those of you don't want to, we won't go into into specifics. Don't want to spoil anything. Um, especially, we have gotten comments of people saying we we've spoiled too much. So I will I will I will pull back. All I'll and, say and, is, and how about try, this? And try not to. There's things that happen in Fire and Blood, specifically in this story that they're going to tell, that I don't know how they're going to put it on television, even though it's on HBO. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Connor, Connor says, we don't need Facebook men. We need Matt Smith buttocks. That's high powered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, here, here we go. Uh, they teased, uh, super chat here, they teased the, uh, the motif for Lord of the Light last week in the burning dagger scene. Melisandre is coming for sure. I, you know, I hope so. And, you know, they've, they've brought this this prophecy up more than once now. Mm -hmm. What do we think that that's going to be? I feel like when when Kristen Cole was on the boat with her today, I said this during the, the live stream. Is that going to be the the like the thing, one of the things that really causes Rhaenyra to actually feel this bigger reason to go try and go through all of this? Because mm. we we know we don't not spoil anything, but she goes through some pretty like super serious stuff later, and I feel like it would be very easier to just be like, whatever, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, possibly. I I will say this for those who are like hoping that it in no way continues to connect. It's going to continue to connect for sure. Um, I I I'll be interested if Melisandre shows up. I know the actor wants to make an appearance and like in theory, you can make it make sense. She'd be really, really young at this point, I believe. Uh, I don't know. Well, she, she could look the same. Yeah. And she could look the same, right? She could do because it's magic. And who knows? Yeah. Um, the Lord of Light playing a big role in this would be interesting, especially like last season type things I'm thinking of. So um, I don't know. We'll see. Do you I'm think we're going to do you think we're going to. It feels so far removed, but I'm just, they just they keep bringing it up. And so do you think we're going to explore any of that stuff? If I mean, it's like, why do they I guess right now it's like the whole idea is you're the heir, right? Yeah. And but I felt like you could have just done it once, but then they brought it up again. Yeah. Yeah. It feels on purpose, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels more than just Rhaenyra. Unless they begin to have Rhaenyra explore that idea, which I think is possible, the, this this idea of well, I am like the chosen one, perhaps, yeah. because that is that is something that we see, and there's certainly alludings to in the Targaryens' histories, like Duncan Egg and yeah, you know, Arian Brightflame tries to drink wildfire to turn into a dragon, and then of course Rhaegar, you know, uh, becomes obsessed with this whole prophecy. So if that's going to become a thing going forward. Ah, yeah. You know, I just thought of something, but I can't say because it, it's a spoiler. <laughs> it's a spoiler for like fire for and future stuff. Yeah. 
I think that that information could be used as a, a bargaining chip or um, a petty. Yeah, I can't say anymore. I, I could right. see it becoming part of the politics in a way. Yeah, maybe not Melisandre, but some sort of follower. Well, what's her name? Who we didn't see this episode? Uh, Masaria. Right? Masaria. Yeah. Yeah. Damon's paramour. So she still has to come back. Yeah, and she has a totally different role to play. Uh, to totally different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think she'll probably still have the same title she does in Fire and Blood that we'll see, but uh, she's doing stuff that was never put out in detail or in stone in Fire and Blood. So I and I said in on my channel when I did like the book versus the show, I think it was episode two. I said that I felt like Masaria was going to be one of the biggest changes, and I think it could be like the coolest change that we see in the yeah. show. Um, in the previews in, in the previews for like every, every week, like the, in the weeks to come or whatever, they keep, mm -hmm. they keep using the sound clip where Viserys has to choose between his son, Aegon, his brother, Damon and the princess Rhaenyra mm -hmm. is that next week, this, yeah, or is that even, is that even something that's going to happen? Well, but it feels like he's going to be forced with the decision coming up. Well, and we know he's gonna... degrading, right? So I don't think it's a spoiler to right. say that something, you know, I don't think he's gonna be around much longer. But I remember like prior to this season, whenever like we were also hearing those kind of clips and who's going to be the heir and what they're, they were trying to make it seem Rainier, like really heavy in the promo material that was Rainier versus Damon, remember? Um, and people were like, wait, are they changing it? And obviously they weren't. They're were just kind of messing with us a little bit. But people thought that Viserys would be gone by now uh, in season one. A lot of people said season or episode five, like that change it. Yeah. But he's going to be around. Yeah, but he's going to be around next episode. And thank God, because Patty Constantine, what a what a performance. I think he'll I think he's going to die in episode nine, just like Ned Stark dies. You think in episode nine, which is like the big shift. Yeah, I, I think so, because I think I think it's you do that. And then that then you can begin the, the huge power struggle that you know, we all know is coming. Um, that's going to be between Rhaenyra and Allison. Yeah. I guess I kind of felt like maybe, I mean, that's that, the whole deal. Like, yeah, I hope that, I hope that's not too spoilery, but that's kind of like the whole deal of the show is, is these <laughs> two sides. Right. Yes. And that green dress, my goodness. Yeah. God, I love that. I love that whole scene. I like the dance scene, like just the facial acting from, um, from everyone was really good. Um, but yeah, I, I, the, I'll go ahead. I, I don't know. Viserys might might bite the bullet next episode. I don't know. You think so? He might. He might. When does when does Robert die? Is it episode six? Mm. Or episode seven? Might be episode seven. I can't remember. It's been a while. We should look it up because they could have it. They could have it like Sink parallel up. each other. Well, history is doomed to repeat itself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, what I was going to um Actually, I kind of forgot what I was going to ask now. But, Sorry. Uh, no, that's, no, that's that's no, that, that that's all that's all right. But um, yeah, I mean the oh the the shot of Allison walking in, we that's something they've been showing in the trailers a lot, and mm -hmm. I guess I I was to actually now see what that was was way more powerful than I thought. Yeah, and also we saw like Kristen Cole punching. We're like, who's he punching? Remember, we were like wondering because yeah. that scene is not in the books like you said like that happens yeah it it happens it happens a few days sort of later at the tourney which tourney. I, now i don't think we're gonna see the preview mm -hmm. um for next week by the way is a, it's a sig very significant time jump 
yeah i i and that's what everyone's kind of said right that five and now we're getting like was like, it 10 years yeah it's like it's got to be five to ten years the net the time jump because yeah. you see Aegon and who we didn't see today i don't i don't think I, at least i don't remember but i mean Aegon is like you know he looks like he's like 14 or so in the next in the next episode yeah yeah, it's a pretty significant one. Someone asked what was the significance of Allison walking in? What did it mean for Hightower? And Kira actually has it correct. Uh, green fire to signal the Hightowers are going to war. Yeah, they said that. And that yeah. that line I felt like because you felt like there's like, like tension and stuff's going on. I it almost got I felt like the line almost got lost, but maybe it's just because I was I was doing the stream and so everyone's talking. Yeah. So I always have to like it's hard sometimes to review it because I need to go back and just sit down and watch it without any sort of um, distractions, but that line was huge. Yeah. Yeah, it was huge. And also a much needed kind of like wink, you know, for, for the people uh, watching at home that haven't read fire and blood or don't know so much about the high towers because they're not really a big deal at all in the main series. I thought that was good. Yeah. Why show Viserys with so many health issues if he lives another 10 years? I, I don't know. Uh, my grandpa lived with dementia and everything else for like 10 years. Like literally, I remember like saying bye to him thinking that was it. And that dude lived another 10 years. So I don't know. Yeah. Lionel Strong. They've been building him. Yeah, dude. I mean, the strong, <laughs> the strong camp is awesome because they've been kind of undercurrent through the whole first half of the show. And then we're going to see the strongs really come to the forefront in the back half. And uh, Lionel, Lionel Strong's performance was excellent. Excellent. What did you think of um, Driftmark and getting to see Corliss Valerian with a little sort of then like they all walk in together? I mean, they're definitely they've they've definitely begun building like the houses and here's yeah, the, who the players are. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of seeing it uh, uh, kind of unfold in front of us. I think the Valerians look awesome. I love their outfits. I think that they feel like a real unit when they're there. Um, whereas, you know, sometimes the other families just look like a hodgepodge of like medieval people together. Um, I felt like the Valerians, like their outfits looked like they were real royalty. Like they feel like just as big of a deal as the Targaryens do. And it's so cool to get to see them on screen. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's do predictions for next week. Okay. Uh, I'll predict that Viserys is going to die next week. How about that? Okay. Why not? That's your big, that's your big prediction. Yes. And I but also you didn't, you didn't you didn't you didn't watch the preview. I feel like I'm a little I'm at a disadvantage here. OK, OK. <laughs> um, so I did watch the preview. We have the new we have the older uh, actresses. We got to see some things look like looks like Damon and Lena already have children. Um, and so going to go with that. Yeah. I feel like we're going to have to get this this thing next week. This mm -hmm. whole Viserys has to choose, right? <clears throat> of 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 who's going on, or that's going to be or like that's going to come to a forefront next week. It's going to be put down on the table. Of something has to happen for Viserys to even have to begin to question why not Rhaenyra. Yes, there's going to be there's going to have to be a lot more of like Damon messing around. Um you know fire some things that happen in fire and blood just maybe perhaps tune out for a second here uh if you don't want some spoilers but um you know we did see the preview so i guess uh take that with a grain of salt is that some of rhaenyra's children their parentage is questioned uh 
as to who could be who could be the father. So that plus the history we've seen could cause Viserys to like Viserys may flat out when this by this whole thing he may flat out we may it, they may change it to where he flat out is like no you're completely disinherited and he's been hinting at it and Aegon is the heir. They could do it if they wanted to. They could. They could. They could like do. Yeah, they could go that route for the show. I uh, I am. Do you think they we're gonna do that? Do you think they're gonna? No, I don't think so. Or I do think... you think it's gonna be left open, and that's what's gonna cause the? Yeah, I think it'll be left open, or somebody can take something he said, twist it, um, and then we'll dive in uh, to the conflict. Uh, I think it's interesting right now, though, because like based on like what you're saying from the preview, you know, a lot of people can see this as like Damon, Rhaenyra, and Alicent, and or Aegon. And, uh, you know, I wonder how long they'll play this up. It'll be interesting. Oh, as like they're three separate factions. Mm -hmm. And I also am really looking forward and kind to, of house Valerian. Yeah, we need a long form conversation between Allison and Rainier next week. We do. Yeah. And is there yeah anything else? Is there anything then we can kind of sign off here? Um, anything else that we feel like we we need? Vagar. Give me Vagar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's going to be the biggest dragon by a mile. I want to see him, um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if we'll see him next week. Okay. Well, all right. Well, we'll just, we'll take a look at some, take a look at some, knock out some of the chat here just to see what everyone's saying. Um, guys, leave us a comment. Let us know what you guys thought of the episode. Like rate it like out of five, out of five stars. Um, it's pretty clear. Ryan Condal is a green, uh, the rise of Aegon the Conqueror early scenes. Let me go see just real quick here. What um, Twitter is kind of, is is kind of saying about the uh show here i feel like i always get surprised because i thought a lot of people would dislike this episode and then when i was looking as i was coming up here to get ready for the stream it seemed like the uh the reception was very positive and i, I was kind of shocked because i thought last week was going to get dunked i really did and turns out everybody loved it i shouldn't say everybody there are obviously people who don't like it but you know well, how, uh, how would you how would you how would you rank them so far oh that's a hard one um so I would probably rank last week still my favorite. Um, so episode four, and then I would probably go episode three this week, two and one, I think, which is weird because I know everyone loved the pilot a ton, uh, but I just felt like, like, again, I like dialogue. So I would be happy right. with just a show purely of dialogue. That's why I like secession. Um, so for me, the dialogue heavy episodes feel uh, like they are the best. Yeah, I think I have to go. Th I think I would go. I still go three is the best, right? Just because the crab feeder and um, right. Am I missing it up? No, episode he kills the crab. Right. Episode four, he brings the crown. Right. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Episode, yeah. So episode three, I think is the best. Then I um, and then I still have to go with one as the second best. And then I might go. Yeah, it's like it's like they're all great. Don't get me wrong, but then I'm so I think I go three, one, five, four, two. Yeah, I think it's a solid. It's always it's always interesting to see how people uh, react to the pilot too, because the pilot was very like quick, punchy, attention grabbing. Um, also, I'm always like really amused when people get upset about fidelity to source material. It's like a oh. whole nother. It's a whole nother. Uh... Uh... Thing. okay well let, let's take a look at some twitter uh things uh, sir joffrey loudmouth overplayed his hand oops 
Um, Oops. I will I will stick with Damon no matter what. He did not spook that horse and was simply giving Rhea a nice rock to rest her head on while smashing <laughs> was done. Hey, we didn't we didn't see it. It's alleged. We don't know. Uh, dreaming about the oranges and Essos, and it's like a behind the scenes. Hey, stuff. that's you when you watch Rings of Power. Oh, <laughs> that is uh, to be to be to be fair. Um, same energy. Oh, here we go. Yeah, actually. Yeah, I was waiting for someone to pull that to make to make the uh, to mm-hmm. make the comparison. Except the royalty comes <laughs> from the female this time, right? We all hate this guy now, right? <laughs> um, you are surely armed. Cut through my father's king's guard. Take me dragon son and make me your wife. Yeah, dope. Oh, the the only wedding that matters. So, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, everyone's seems like everyone's everyone's liking it. The meme game is strong. The meme games are always very very strong with this show. The meme game is strong. So, um, okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, with that, guys, I think we'll. Close up shop here. Uh, Jimmy and I will be back next week for episode six. That's kind of like the big one, right? This is the the big time jump. And uh, I have a lot more coming. I have a lot more YouTube shorts, TikToks, things like that coming. I'll have to knock out some Patreon content here as well. So stay tuned for all of that, guys. And remember that winter is coming.